welcome back to another week of podcasts in your ears out of the podcast episode uh what are we at 14 15 14 14 14 the number the lover's number right yeah i was just associated with valentine's day yeah or flag day June flag 14th. day yeah see i never put that. sure why is flag day so important to you <laughs> I don't know. For whatever reason, of all the all the random holidays, that one sticks in my mind. I don't know why. Wow. Well, there you go. Now we know why they call you Inspector Dan. I inspect all of the holidays. He inspects the calendar. And the calendar, yes. Yes, absolutely. And then you got Gentleman Joey's dulcet tones coming in. Hey, everybody, this is, this is me coming in for smooth sounds. I feel like you would have a good like jazz radio voice. I feel like you could you could make that happen. You have Hopefully. to go low, low register the whole time, though. You would have to yeah. completely go in that mode. There's this dude I work with, this older dude I'm working with right now, and uh, he comes in and he's got a real bassy voice, like where you can like feel it in your body and it Ooh. makes you uncomfortable. And it, he every he's also very repetitive, so he'll be like, "Hey, how's it going? Good. <laughs> how, <laughs> how you doing? Good. <laughs> Having fun yet? Like stuff like that. I like that. All right. <laughs> that was a good story. I like that. Yeah, the story is way better than the the person. Oh, he's fine, but you know, I'm not here to promote him on a podcast beyond anything else we've done here. I feel like we have something more important to discuss on this. Uh, something that came up this week. There's so much to discuss. You just said you got your first vaccination shot. You may have just had your second one by the time this even comes out, right? I could. I could potentially have that from the future. Nice. Um, I might need to follow your tip. I still got to to get it done, but it seems like it's coming around. I, hopefully by the time this comes out, I've got something arranged. Yeah. Yeah. Just got that. Just a little Good luck, ago. future Joey. Yes. From the past. If you could tell future Joey one thing, what would it be? Uh, ah, look out! <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Thank you. It's I hope I'm listening to this while driving and maybe something's in the street. I mean, I hope that doesn't happen. That sounds horrific, but... Yes. It's good to be on the lookout, though. It is, but uh, I'm glad you got that done. Congratulations. Thank you. Glad you had a little bit of uh, bright sunshine to bring us beyond the uh, beautiful weather. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, this is like that weird time of year where, you know, you're Well, hang out, Dan. I'm going to say, I want to, I, I think we need to put a, a death nail in the weather talk. Why is that? Because I was listening, we doing this week's uh, episode that just came out uh, out of the past. <laughs> Hope you like it. Did we talk it. about the weather? <laughs> Yes, we did. And it was like, oh, it's so cold. And it was like the nicest fucking day ever when it had come out. And I was like, this, this is not good. So I think beyond just general seasonalness or maybe making weather predictions. What about the weather outside is weather? How about that? Is that, is that good? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. You can say that. Uh, I've All been right. watching a lot of public access, flipping through the channels. And, really? Uh, yeah, I, I like that stuff. And there was this guy, there's this guy weathering the weather with edge. This is cranky old guy and he's got a lady sidekick a younger one and that was a crazy show you can find it on youtube it's it, it's that it was cracking me up that's awesome so that's my weather uh segue no it's good yeah i uh i miss public access shows i miss when that, i miss when I, that was a thing it is a little philadelphia tip the drexel public access is way better than the LaSalle public access so they all have their charms i could believe that yeah i could i could definitely see that I think Drexel's, at least maybe it's just because of the pandemic and no one's really making some fresh content because I am noticing on both there's a lot of uh, reruns. But yeah, because this weather and the weather with Ed, it's already been canceled. He mm-hmm. already has a new show and I've seen some of the pandemic episodes on YouTube. Check one, it out. I think the one time I was ever at LaSalle, I, uh, I went to see Piebald there. So that was the only cool experience I've had at LaSalle. It's one time Yo, Piebald is such a LaSalle, go see at LaSalle band. Uh, yeah, it's very ra- it was very random. I remember yeah. that. But it was cool. I mean, this was like... 
I guess it was before Accidental Gentleman came out. So I want to say it was like maybe 2014-ish. I remember uh, when I was in the high schools going to a show in New London, Connecticut at the mm-hmm. LNG, E-L and then the letter N and then G-E-E. Famous venue at the time, but it was very far from me. It was like a two hour, maybe plus drive. Mm-hmm. Buddy Mike Brenner and uh, Buddy Dustin Tuthill, we went there. I remember that was the first time hearing The Anniversary's Your Majesty. Mm. I mean, like, wow, this is different, but I, re- I like I liked it right off the bat. I can say that. But yeah, we were going to see the band Midtown. There you go. Was, who me and Dustin were there for. And uh, hadn't quite gotten into Piebald yet, but heard good things and looking forward to it. And it was right when We Are The Only Friends we, we have. We have, yeah. Sorry, yeah. it's been a minute since I've said that one out loud. <laughs> Had just come out and uh, they played, they were amazing. And just like all their choruses, you know, like, hey, you're part of it. Like, so it was like, Catchy, took two yeah. seconds to be singing along and like actually feeling like you were a, a fan of the band like the whole time. So That's I great. always appreciated that aspect about them. Something I, I felt they kind of lost uh, past that album for some reason. They seemed to turn away what, what worked for them. But I'm always rooting for Piebald. I, I actually really like the album after that, All There's Always, All the Time. That record really grew up. I remember when they put out demo versions before the album had come out. There yes. Was, Killer Bros and Killer was, Bees. Yeah, a lot of that was a little more uh, what I was excited for. Maybe we were just spoiled getting used to a version and then getting something else. But Yeah, I hear that. But Daniel, I'm afraid you've just got uh, summons. You've, uh, you've been subpoenaed. I was. I, I I got called in. Out uh, of the podcast court is now in session, folks. Yes, thank you. All rise. I don't care if you're sitting in your car. You pull over, get out, and rise. <laughs> this is this is a this is a you know sanctimonious uh, situation. So you the have- gentleman Joey is now in the court. Yes, something had come up a couple days ago. We were talking about uh, Warren Archives having a sale. It's, probably, it's definitely passed by then, but you know, they pop up every now and then. Keep, keep an eye yeah, out. Keep an eye out. We're not going to hype them any further. I feel like we just went through a huge festive. You'd think we like them more than like Criterion and stuff, which, you know, a little bit, but in different ways. They're different companies. You would just think, because we, we come from such a Criterion background that we'd be so heavy in that, but this really has been such a Warner Archive love fest lately. I guess because they're releasing stuff more. And a lot of film noir. They have a lot because, I mean, because yeah. the archives, so they have they have access to a lot of the major right. you know, and RKO stuff that would put that out more so than maybe uh, Criterion would. Absolutely. And I'm sure a lot of that's because of the pandemic. You know, they got to pay these people to do something. So there's more remastering coming out. So, hey, more, another shout out to the pandemic. Good work. But yeah, there was a sale and talking about what we can get. And we both love the movie The Hidden. 1987. Great film. Can't recommend it enough. Just go in if as blind. If you haven't seen it, it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> go in as blind as possible. Just watch it, press play. It's going to take care of you for sure. But that stars Kyle McLaughlin. And uh, that had brought up something. Dan, do you remember what you said to me? I said... I had admitted that Kyle McLaughlin is one of my all-time favorite actors. All-time favorite actors, Kyle McLaughlin. That shocked me. I had to go out. I was at work. I had to go outside and and (laughs) catch my breath. I went home early that day. I said, you know, I'm sorry. There's been a tragedy. And they're like, what could have possibly happened? Real hard asses at that job, right? There's been some news that I need to attend to. Unfortunately, my, uh, my podcasting partner has admitted uh, that Kyle McLaughlin is one of his uh, all-time favorite actors. And they said, so what? He's one of uh, his favorite actors. No, no, no. All-time favorite actors. And they, they fainted. I had to catch them yes. in my arms and say, no, no, no. Got, had to take a smelling salt and be like, hey, hello. They, and then I said, what happened? I could have sworn you said that you knew someone who said Kyle McLaughlin was their all-time favorite actor. 
And I said, well, that is what happened. And they passed out again to him. And did you have to explain who he, who Kyle McLaughlin was to, to some other coworkers as well? They said, the process? They said uh, Kyle McLaughlin from uh, Portlandia. Or Sex Mayor, in the City. Mayor <laughs> Kyle of Sex in the City, yeah. Um, you know, an all-time favorite actor bringing such unforgettable performances in both of those things we just listed. And Flintstones. Yep. Well, okay, again. As I mentioned when you brought that up last time to be a little cheeky, I'm on board with the Flintstones. I like a comical McLaughlin to a point. I will shit on his Portlandia performance. I think it's quite annoying. Mm -hmm. But I like that. That's that you're going to get, you know, you're going to, that's going to be a sustained uh, objection there. I understand understand that. I mean, notwithstanding, we haven't even gone into like all the Lynch things he's been a part of over and the that's years. the only reason this is a segment and not just a like wow that's the dumbest thing i ever heard i i do you know there was a point where he was really bringing some good stuff and and was really interesting but i think that luster has, has long since faded mm-hmm. uh, we know too much about the man is like the, I, I, I don't know. i'm not trying to be negative but it's just there's something about the like he's just like a meme reposter and just like him just he's very fan servicey mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's just like also hard to forget. It's like, dude, you totally bailed on Twin Peaks. It's cool you're all about it now because it's paying the bills, but you were, you left, you were over it. Sometimes you're over it and sometimes they just bring you back in, man. Every time you try to get away from it. They had to work so hard to make Fire Walk With Me as great as it was. I mean, I love that movie. It's great. And it's so much of just circumstance of having to like work around those hurdles those mclaughlin hurdles that he loved to to put out there but yeah i don't know man i just i don't think he has the kind of range and again i purely brought this to court because you said of all time but i didn't say i didn't put a number on how many all-time actors i I like though and that just a a question was actually just appeared in my mind as well so so what give me a number dan of what he would be yeah because this might you know determine how large your fine is in today's courtroom I would say like in with at least within like the top 20, top 25. Yeah, that's that's pretty high. I think it's because um What do you what do you like so much? What's the one that really blew you away? Of his? Yeah. I mean Twin Peaks as a whole, like the original series and Fire Walk with me in particular, like was I really liked him in the in those roles. Um but I mean, growing up I always really loved the movie Dune. I mean, I, I'm still to this day a huge Dune fan. And not many people are. So I know I'm I'm in a small group of people, but I actually collect Dune memorabilia. I I, I love it. And that and, and Blue Velvet was one of the first ones I ever saw as well. So like, I think for me, it's just, as far as acting goes, I mean, maybe he's not, you know, he's not a Shakespearean actor or anything like that, maybe in that sense. But I'm just saying that I enjoy a lot of the roles he happens to be in. And I, I think in his case, maybe comparative to someone I think is a good actor. Like I'd say my favorite actor of all time is probably Warren Oates in general. He's probably my number one favorite actor. That's a great pick. Yes. So so I think putting it in perspective of that, I'm just saying that there's different levels and I think it's it's the roles that he plays and I think maybe throw, just, so, throw some more all time faves at us. Oh man, I wasn't I wasn't uh prepared for this. Um It came so easily with McLaughlin, so I mean you gotta hope that any of these other ones are up there. Well, think, of, think of the favorite movies and then think of some performances. I mean, I know you're not necessarily a huge fan, but I, I enjoy Humphrey Bogart a lot. I, I mean, I, I don't mind Bogart. I certainly yeah. accept, you know, putting in, hearing an all time from him. He, I think he is. He's great. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he's on my uh, Mount Noir more, but 
you know, other than we need to make like, that, by the way, that sounds well, yeah. you know, that's what we're, you know, this might came out of the court session for sure. Um, he it's just five it. Robert Mitchums, right? He's on it. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchum Moore is definitely going to be erected soon. Mount I mean, Mitchum Moore. I put bogey on the plaque, of course, you know, I mean, I, I can't okay. deny it. And, you know, of course it's a personal taste. If, sure. if, if you were actually making the noir more, like he's got to be on there just because I, I just, I would concede that. But my, you know, my mountain, you know, on, on my land, <laughs> I might chisel something else. Although in an artistic sense, I think he'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Those, every, it, his shape, he'd be a fun sculpt, but maybe just to warm up before I get into a Mitchum. And you know what I might put on there? What's that? From today's movie, Richard Widmark, man. Uh, we'll He's get awesome. into it, but he fucking rules. Uh, oh, yeah. And that love was solidified with Roadhouse. We'll get to it, but yeah. He's great. I think I think we need I think we actually need to make like a Photoshop image of Mount Rushmore and we put the, uh, we we make a, a definitive collective decision about who would be on that our, could be our shirt you know is like yes yes I'll, I could I'll draw that up for sure but we just need to decide but we I mean we both know Mitchum's on there we could put Bogey on there I mean if it's I, I feel think like Bogey's important enough I think that we that each get one sense. right yeah. and then maybe if one is too controversial. I'd be like, all right, you get him on. You know, if you're trying to put a Kyle McLaughlin on here, whoever, whoever <laughs> no. the McLaughlin was back then, I might be a little, little more suspect. But just to close the court session, mm. love Blue Velvet. I, I mean, that for sure. I do like Dune. I'm not obsessed with Dune. I think I'm probably the only person on earth that's, that's no, obsessed there, with that movie. <laughs> there's people for sure, man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I know someone who just did a whole Dune zine that's dedicated to like, all things Dune, especially that movie. Uh I, there's a uh, Marvel Comics adaptation, you know, movie adaptations were big in comics in, in the yes, 80s, kind yeah. of 70s through 90s, I would say, because you would even get like a Bill and Ted, a Meteor Man, if you really want to go for <laughs> it. I mean, like there, there's a ton, but there was an adaptation and it was drawn by uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, who is, you want to talk comics, Mount Rushmore, he definitely could argue he would be in there. He's mm-hmm. uh, phenomenal and very, very unique and innovative stuff. I love that comic. So, I mean, and that's, Same. As, I do have all, all those comics. I, because that exists, it's okay that everything else had happened. And, uh, you know, I, Dune is just such a, a fascinating, you know, it, I don't like, know. Fra- I don't there, know if franchise is the right well, word, but. No, I mean, like, I mean, specifically in the movie, like, is there is there a nice way to say, like, failure or train wreck? Because, I mean, I don't mean, like, those things, but it's just, it ultimately just didn't come together. Yeah. Experiment, I guess. And I guess, you know, you want to go back to what you were just saying with alluding to the franchise. I mean, you, you got Jodorowsky's Dune, which was, uh, you know, the great documentary. If you haven't seen it, the, the storyboards and, and work by uh, Mobius and H.R. Mm. Uh, Geiger, you know, a lot of a lot of interesting people brought together, which because of its failure still led to Alien coming together and, and a yes. lot of other you know, great projects. And then the upcoming one, Dennis. Uh, yeah, thank you. I, I've, that's what I've not tried to tackle out loud too much. Yeah. Which I'm cautiously optimistic about because I, I, I like I, I a like, lot of his stuff and I like a lot of the, the people that are in it. I've liked everything he's done um, mm-hmm. and I was wary about Blade Runner. I think I've gone on the record, possibly on here, but certainly in life, of saying like that one I was very wary of and it, it blew me away. So I'm kind of just like, bring it on. I'm yeah. not, uh, the cast doesn't excite me too much other than you know a couple side parts, but it is what it is. It could be a real Kyle MacLachlan of a movie. But the hidden is good. I mean, he's got great stuff. I'm always happy to to see him to an extent. Showgirls, right? Yes, he was in Showgirls too. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if you, at least you're in a uh, Paul Verhoeven movie, that you've, you've succeeded in some. You know, Paul Verhoeven say, and David Lynch. That's pretty good. So I mean, yeah. I, I think he's done very well for himself. 
I don't. I, but it's just like I don't know how much that was due to the uh, the all time greatest acting prowess. I don't know. I I know, and there's certain listeners in particular I can think of that I know are going to kick me in the balls over this one. I love McLaughlin. So I mean, it's just a like not love with me, and I, I kind of I don't know. Wish he'd tone it down a little bit. <laughs> and I'm just a cranky old man, so you know. Yeah, I think take, it's take that into consideration, but I think you know somewhere in between is the real answer, right? Yeah, no, and, and I, I guess to be to be more clear, it's 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 there's a difference for me between favorite and like greatest. I think for me, it's like I'm not saying he's necessarily the greatest. He's just a personal favorite. Like I enjoy him in movies. Is that what you said to me? You said favorite, or did you say I said all time favorites? I believe. All right. I didn't say greatest. I didn't. I didn't necessarily. I mean, nothing. I don't have anything against him. I, I think he's a decent actor, but I'm just saying that, um, you know, I'm not saying... I'm you not did say him... favorite, but you know what? Favorite is still pretty shocking to me. I'm still shocked. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm here to shock. So if I can shock you, then I'm su- I succeeded. I think I'm just going to keep this list. Uh, you know, we got Warren Oates at number one, rightfully so. And then... Uh, Bogart in there. And then we got Bogart somewhere in there. And then uh, we got... That seems like top 10. McLaughlin at 25, right? Yeah, I'd say 25 maybe. All right. So 25 is McLaughlin. Humphrey Bogart's number 10 and Warren Oates is number one. Okay. I think that's fair. All right. We'll keep them coming to you as the episodes roll on. Yeah. it will be something to look out for guys. So I'll, I'll divulge random numbers as we go along. <laughs> all right. That is uh, your, your, your official uh, fine. And also please pay all court costs. All right. I will. You yeah, accept, yeah. you accept uh, Bitcoin, right? <laughs> uh, we do. We do accept digital restitution. Yo, I mean... And NFT and, and... I was about to say, I'm afraid to get topical, uh, yeah. but boy, oh boy, what a, what a fascinating thing. Yeah, I've, I'm just not, I'm not with it. It's just not, not my scene. It's weird, Dan, because, uh, you know, I don't mean to be cocky, but I feel like I could actually, like, make a lot of money if I did do it, but it's just not worth it. I kind of want you to just so I can, like, know more about it. Like, I, I kind of want to, like, I don't really think I know anybody that's actually really like personally that's partaking in it. So like, it's a big controversy in the comics industry right now. Uh, yeah. there's, there's a lot of people shunning one another over their participation in it. You're seeing people, older artists who are, you don't want to say washed up, but just aren't getting the opportunities anymore, but you know, mm. still immensely talented and also just some young like indie artists and they're making life changing amounts of money. Yeah, it's interesting. I But then you see like that it does, you know, one artist that did two years worth of environmental damage and it's just like, that's pretty big. Wow. We don't have that to spare. But ultimately, you're just as bad as everyone who's like just cashing out at the expense of the planet just because they're like, well, I'll be out of here. It doesn't affect me. And, yeah. uh, you know, so it's a fascinating time. And, you know, the pandemic has kind of been like this too. of just like to see this is it. Between that and like the, the rise of like... Uh, nationalism and everything like that there's just been all these examples of just like so what would you have done in these situations and uh you really get to see who you are and your your peers are as people and so yeah. shout out to that right you know shout out yeah. to transparency and then revelation transparency and revelations I yep i don't mean biblical revelations i just yes mean, uh, you know like oh shit things so, being revealed wow look at you good work dan <laughs> i know i know there's a reason why i'm on on the podcast and that was it I'll keep you around. Thank you. You're welcome. It's, it's for that, that great uh, commentary. Uh, absolutely. Anything else before we, uh, we get into it? Nope. I, I am, I'm just very ready to, to talk about this movie. Roadhouse, uh, 1948. I want to say I had a Lapino, 
Cornell Wilde, Celeste Holm, Richard Widmark. I want to say that I absolutely love this movie. I had a, I had such a good time watching this for like it was so many different reasons. A really good time. It, it came through. Uh, I mean, I was expecting to. I, at minimum, I was just hoping like, oh, please just be watchable. You know, yeah. not bore me. I was I was afraid of another too late for tears or something like that. This was a um, a Fox movie, 20th Century Fox. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was at a major studio. You got our, our old friend David Zanuck. Zanuck is, is back producing. Back on the scene. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any fun facts involving him, but just that, hey, he's here. We're, it's a Zanuck world. But R- Richard Widmark is back, our old friend from Pickup on South Street. Mm-hmm. Staple of the film noir. Uh... Absolutely. And, and this time he's less, I mean, he was a bit of an anti-hero, you could argue, in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, pickpocket a criminal. But boy, oh boy, if he's not all out evil in this one, and he is a fucking blast. Yes. He's... You know who he reminded me of? I mean... He's a little bit uh, a Frank Sinatra. Yeah, I don't think we'd be the first to, to say that. But he also reminds me of like Frank Gorshwin. Uh, I thought he could be like a good Riddler. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't, yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that. But yeah, I, I guess, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the kind of like the real like menacing cackle that he gets, I guess, obviously more towards the end of the movie. Yeah, he has he, a lot he, of fun. Yeah. It, I, that's one thing I really enjoyed about this movie was just the kind of like, the switch that he had. And there was like that little taste that we'll get to. And then in the second half of the movie, the, the switch is like flipped and he's just like off. Um, <laughs> and, it's, and, and that and that in of itself, because like you're kind of waiting for something because it's like it's built as a film noir, but the movie kind of plays out. Like, I was very like... Yeah, in my head the whole time, I'm like, you know, hey, I, I like this, but boy, you know, I'm going to have a hard time justifying this as a film noir, but boy, it says it all over. You got Eddie Moeller you know, on the commentary. I don't feel like he'd pop up for something that'd be like a loose noir, but it reveals itself and it, yeah. it very much belongs here. It's, sure. va- it's valid. I, I definitely would validate it for sure. Uh, this was directed by Jean Nigelsko. Forgive me for, for butchering that one. You want to give it a shot, Dan? I think it's Negalusko. Negalusko, I mean, Negalusko. Yeah. You know, maybe it'll get more comfortable in our mouths as uh, time goes on. But he yeah. directed it. I uh, did a wonderful job. And also got a shout out Joseph Lachelle, who was the cinematographer. Mm, yes. Um, a little spoiler for our fog enthusiast in on the show. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought it up. I didn't want to be the one to bring it up. I'm I, glad you brought it up. Second it happened, I'm like, Dan. Dan's gonna love this one. I liked it before that part, but once yeah, but that, that happened. Was, it, that's, that's a home run. That's where you're yeah. like, this is it. This belongs for Solidified sure. It. I actually had that thought as I was watching because I was like, yeah, all along I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I like it. I like where it's going. That happened, and I was like, boom, sold, sold American. Yeah, he was. He's been around the podcast before as well because he did Laura, which he won the Academy oh, Award for, yeah. and was also nominated on eight additional occasions. Wow. No, I mean, I will say this about the cinematography was great, but also the set design. The set design, yeah. particularly of the roadhouse, was amazing. It was such a bizarre location. Like the actual interiors was yep. so bizarre. I loved it. I, I mean, there was the everything. bowling alley. Yeah, you got the bowling alley, the, all the weird like wood paneling kind of stuff, and like the bar. It almost felt like a, almost like I don't know if you've ever been in. in I mean, this is going to be very regional specific, but at um, Xfinity Live in Philly, it almost felt like an older version of that because it's got like the bar and then there's like these different restaurants and things inside of it that are mm-hmm. kind of all sectioned off and not exactly the same but the same kind of idea like it kind of reminded me of that like not like a mall but it kind of had like a little bit of everything there's like the bar area then there's like the club area then there's the bowling area um a little, little bit of everything place. what's that 
Do you remember where this movie takes place? So they don't say exactly. They just say, and, and they allude to the fact that obviously it's, it's on the U.S.-Canadian border. They mentioned that she, that Ila Lupina character is coming from Chicago. Yeah, My we know it's guess, not Chicago. What's up? Well, that confirms it's at least not Chicago. Correct. <laughs> there is a mention to Portland, but I don't know if that's Portland, Oregon or Portland, Maine. It kind of felt like Portland, Maine, just as it did you know, to me as well. The, as the, the, port- the Portland expert of the show, as someone yes. who has, has lived there, uh, yes, yeah, th- it felt like it was mentioning Maine, but I would accept a uh, an Oregon as well. I could be convinced in the other direction. The fact but that I- it was closest to the closer to the border would also lead me to believe that was Portland, Maine, and yeah. that would make sense because a lot of the locations, the just the the way that they were dressed up, looked more like you know, Northeast, it looked more Northeast than the Pacific Northwest. Maybe even like a little, yeah, like a Maine probably, or, uh, you know, maybe they were like outside of Portland, um, Maine, or even yeah. like in New Hampshire, somewhere in New england Vermont, yeah. Yeah, because of all the lakes and, and such. Not that those things aren't possible on the Pacific Northwest, they have some of the best, but I don't know, I feel like tree-wise we would have maybe noticed it more. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think it, it felt more Northeast to me. Yeah. In a 1969 interview, director Jean Nigalusco. You want to try that one again, Dan? Let's let's call him like Jay. We're, we're gonna get one perfect take, and I'll just like edit it in for all of those. So it'll sound like super inserted, like into it, like. Let's, we'll call him Jean N, the director, and it's we're really just doing this to respect him and not continue. Kicking yeah, it. no, I, I think he was a perfectly adequate director of this film. I, I think the the last name I would say it's probably Nigalusco. That seems right to me. And he did um, Titanic, and there was one other one that... Uh, not the 97 one, but the 53 one. I guess we yeah, should be, we should be clear. Not, he's not Jean Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, know, I just saw, this is going to also uh, not be topical anymore. Avatar retook the top spot as the most successful movie of all time. Oh, why? Why? Everyone why, why? In, in China, it just was re-released in China during the pandemic, and they went hard for it. Oh, I've, I've never seen that movie. I have no desire to see that movie. I, I'm actually a bit of a, a non, you know, I feel like I'm forced to be an apologist. I don't think it's a great movie, like script wise, oh. but it's it's phenomenal looking as an experience. Like you can't deny. It. I'm, a, I mean, I'm a big James Cameron fan. Well, I think we're gonna have our, our next podcast. We're gonna put you on trial for that statement right there. <laughs> you gotta add that one to the record. We got two Terminators. I'm fine. Always, <laughs> I'll always wait, I'll wait argument. We got true lies, man. Are you kidding oh, me? All right, all right. Thank you. I'm not, look, again, I'm not saying he's the best, but I mean, like, he's done some phenomenal stuff that just cannot be denied. And the Terminator 1, Terminator 2, Aliens. <laughs> I, do, the, I, do, I do like Aliens. I co-wrote do like the script of Rambo 2 with Sly Stallone. What a, what a t- duo together. That is a duo. That is the ultimate duo. Do you like <laughs> Rambo 2? Do you like any of the Rambos? You know what? I, I was always more of a Rocky guy growing up. So, like, like the Rambo movies didn't necessarily grab me as much dan you keep me on my toes constantly i never know what kind of where you lie on like schlock and good stuff you're always you throw me in one direction so i never know i'm a very mysterious person Absolutely. <laughs> there's, there's a lot there's a lots of sh- there's lots of shades to me i'm just saying you know i could be a ballerina with the toes i'm on right now <laughs> well i try to keep it interesting so our director friend in a 1969 interview, Jean N, he recalled that uh, when Daryl Zanuck brought him the assignment to direct Roadhouse, that it's a bad script, and that three directors had turned it down, but, you know, they felt that there was something to it. And it, it kind of is, it's not the greatest of, like, plots. No, not but really. It, but it's just so, like, everyone's great. This is where you could say it's really well directed, because it is 
so entertaining and riveting despite the plot i mean the script is very good like the dialogue is very good yes There's a lot of great lines in this one that stood out to me the four actors the four main actors in, in this film really sell their parts very well in my opinion like i i like the characterizations but even the small bit parts of the people that work at the roadhouse i also found enjoyable whether it was the bartender or the guy that helps out with kind of the attendant for that works the desk at the uh, bowling alley I can't think of the guy's name, but even some of those little side bit parts, I also kind of enjoyed. So I feel like it, it was really the sum of the parts of the people that really exactly. kind of made, made it interesting to me. It's really the plot would be the only thing. It's like, it's not even I'm complaining about it. It's just not anything spectacular. Yeah, it's rather pedestrian. It's rather just like, okay. Yeah, it's fine. But everything else just works so well that I, yeah. I, yeah, you can't help but recommend it. And this was the director's first film for 20th Century Fox. Yes. Well. So let's go ahead and get into it. Yes. So we have Pete Morgan is the, the manager of the Roadhouse. Jeffy's. Jeffy's great name. Great, great name. That, I saw that. You see that right away when the film starts. I'm like, Jeffy. Now Jeffy. that's a name. I, was, I immediately made that note. Did you see where that name came from? Jefferson, right? Jefferson the- T. It's just. <laughs> so they just, he just basically just combined the two. His name is Jefferson T. Robbins. And he was, yeah, he was just like, call me Jeff D. And uh, yeah, that became Jeff D. I, I like lo- it. Love I like it. it. He, taught, he refers to himself in the third person a lot as well. Like he's on board with that name. You know, it's a powerful, powerful name. And it brings everyone into the roadhouse. It's on the roadhouse sign and neon. It's on the car that they drive around in. You know, it's he, he likes it. Yep. So they've been friends since childhood, I believe. Um, yes. And Jeff D had actually inherited the roadhouse from his father. Yes. So they'd worked together there. They were friends. And then, mm-hmm. yes, Jeff D acquired it from his father. Jeff D said, don't mind if I do this Jeff D's roadhouse now. Yep. <laughs> I'll take I'll take a roadhouse. Absolutely. Especially that one. With all, like the way that looked, I would be on board. Yes. I, so- I will say this, that I think this may be, I'm going to make this statement right now. This might be the only film noir that, that opens with bowling sequences. I, I, I don't know if that, I, I can't see that being a trope anywhere else. Or, or, I was going to say, it's the first, I think we'll put it on our letterbox of noir bowling, but so far this is the only one. I like that. I, I love the intro. I love the way that- I'm just glad to have a new favorite bowling movie. It's still Kingpin at number one for me, then probably Lebowski and now Roadhouse. I would say if this gets the top three, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I, I would put that up there. So yeah, we'll start that letterbox list too. Keep, keep yes. the bowling coming. And, and Jeff D has brought in the singer, Lily Stevens, played by Ida Lupino. Who's fantastic in this movie. She is. Horrible haircut in this movie, though. I felt it was very distracting. I like that they, they kind of poke fun at it, though, when she when she arrives at the roadhouse and she looks at, what is it, Sally, the, the girl that likes Cornell Wilde? Susie. Susie's her name, played by Celeste Holm. Because they say, Yeah, we already have something in common. Same barber. Yeah, it was like not at all though. Her hair looked way better. <laughs> it, it did. It looked it looked similar, but definitely not not definitely not the same. I, this is my no. I said the two women meet. Say we already have something in common. Same barber, and I said not quite. One looks amazing. The other one looks janky. <laughs> yeah, um, but I do like the way that they're relationship kind of evolves throughout the movie too as we'll as we'll get to but just absolutely because with Susie you kind of expect one thing from her and and she goes in a whole different direction and is is the better for it yeah because because right away I think she feels a little bit she there's a lot of she has very like adverse feeling towards her she's very like 
Well, like, I mean, and rightfully so. I mean, she was she had all these plans with Pete when they go out to the the beach and stuff like that. It's very much here's this third wheel Lily, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. But even when they meet, I mean, even before she even really knows who she is. I mean, when when we're first really introduced to her, I mean, obviously, we don't know her until she's seen in that scene in the office when Pete walks into his office and yeah. you just see that you see Ida P- Lupino's leg there and they they have a little bit of a discussion but I'm saying after that when they first meet they're even like a little bit butting heads right off oh, the bat totally. they, don't even, they don't even really know each other at that point and and you're getting that yeah but Lily's strutting like she owns the place and, and rightfully so she clearly does own the place I'm just saying that you can smell trouble for sure but yeah, yeah she's from Chicago that she's the new singer and Jeffy he's really really thinks she's going to turn this place around yep he really likes her not only for singing, but actually on a personal. And Jeff D's gone through like a whole bunch. He brings these singers in, and he and then he kind of tosses them to the side when he's done with them. And so yeah. he figures, you know, he'll be he'll be over her in no time. So don't get too attached to Lily. And and Lily is not having Jeff D whatsoever. She's playing. There's no chemistry whatsoever. Like she's not. It's not even occurring to her that that's a possibility romantically. It. She notices Pete. Yeah, I mean, she she's in this for the money. I mean, she, exactly. it's, it's, and you get that sense throughout the film that she, she the only reason she really was doing this and made that trip from Chicago was to just, the money sounded good to her, which we find out was a pretty sizable sum of money that Jeff D was offering her for coming there. So yeah, I, I see then, that as the only reason why she, she really went. She had nothing else. She had no other real ties uh, no. as well. So, I mean, for her, it makes sense. Pete also even tries to pay her off and, and just save her the trouble, put her on a train. But, you know, she really wants to make that successful debut at the club. I love I love that sequence because, because I mean, the way it plays out is there's that whole back and forth where, oh, she gets the hotel room in town and he's like, oh yeah, I'll drive you, no problem. Drives her and then the train station's across from the hotel. So you see the, the, the car and then you see the, the hotel. So you're thinking, oh, okay, yeah, he's just dropping her off. Like, it seems like he's like, okay with it. Is it Antlers? <laughs> was that what it was called? Ant- Antlers Hotel, yeah. yeah. And, then he, and then he's like, all right, well, here's your money. You, you get on the train now, get out of here. And I was like, wow, that's a great opener. Uh, I, I love that. What's this? The depot. Yeah, that's where I came in. Yeah, that's where you're going out. Now look, Miss Stevens, let's not kid each other. As I said, it's small pickings in this town. Now here's a couple of hundred bucks and some extra. I think that'll square us for your trouble. Yeah, that's better. You see, every time Jeff leaves town, he gets drunk and brings somebody back. Oh, he does. Does he know you're going to all this trouble? No, but he'll find out it's for the better, and so will you. Supposing I don't want to go. Yeah, but you will. You see, Jeffy gets tired easily, and it's up to me to do the dumping. I don't like it, but if I have to, I can get rough. Oh, you can? Huh. Well, this should really buy me off, shouldn't it? I thought you'd be as smart as you were. Listen, when I want to leave, I'll let you know. I came out of here with a contract. I needed the dough. And I'm going to collect every nasty little cent of it, maybe more. Who knows, before I'm through, you might be running for the deep hole. Don't try to borrow two bits from me when you shove off. Now, look, baby, I'm not trying to rush you. Silly boy. And then, but she's like, nope. She kind of nope. just said, I'll take the money, but uh, yeah. I'm not going Don't, I'm not, don't I'm not mind going if anywhere. I do, but I got a job to do, and uh, I'm a hell of a singer. And so, you know, she, 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 she performs. And this was the first movie where she actually had sung with a real voice. Uh, she I loved, I dubbed. loved her voice. I loved yeah. the songs. The songs are great. I mean, I, I know they were just kind of some of them were kind of old standards, but the no, song. I, lo- she- I, I love old standards. I'm very affected by that stuff. The first one was a little, a little weak to me. Um, it was, you know, I, it wasn't like I hate this song, but it was just yeah. like not the greatest. But 
as they progressed, I really, really warmed up to it in her voice, and it was very effective. The song, again, was the one that I liked a lot, and that actually went to number two on Hit Parade at the time. Uh, I think and it, it 19- debuted in this film as well. Yes, it debuted in this film, and I think it was in 1949 that it, it, went, it reached number two on Hit Parade, which is all. Awesome. I mean, it's crazy to think. I mean, it came, and it came out of this, this movie, but that song in particular I really liked. That, that and her performance... And you kind of get the sense that, like, yeah, she has a very unconventional, it's very, like... Uh, yeah, she smokes a lot of like, cigarettes. Yeah, it's uh, very, very there's deep. A, there's a great bit where, like, she leaves the cigarette, puts the cigarette down where she goes to play, and, like, there's all these little burn marks on the piano. Uh, yes. A lot of great touches. I really, really love that stuff. Well, there's yeah. a line even that uh, that Susie says uh, when she first starts talking to her, and, and the, the bartender says, oh, is, you know, isn't she great, blah, blah, blah. And she's like... If you like the sound of gravel... Yeah, uh, something like that. I was like, wow, that, that was a pretty good line. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you get the sense that yeah, she's got this kind of I don't know if like weathered's the right word, but with the smoking, it just like seems like she's 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 going through a lot. Yeah, she's gone through a lot maybe yeah. in her life too. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, Chicago, I, Chicago at this time, that's a hard town. It is a hard town. Yeah. Windy um, city, Dan. It is the windy city. That's true. Put your um, coat on. Yes. It's, I know we're not talking about weather, but I think we're safe on this one. Chicago's pretty cold most of the time, I would say. Yeah. Maybe Although when I was last there, um, January of, of 2020, pre-pandemic, wow, it was very crazy. There was very little snow on the ground, which was shocking to me. Weird. Uh, my I would have lost money on that. Experiences would say otherwise. So, yeah. Yes. I had a layover there once, and I didn't really get to go outside, and that was in the summertime. So. Oh. That's as close as I've gotten to Chicago. Is a, a Shout out to Chi-Town. Shout out to the Bean. I know they're always talking about that. The Bears. The, the Bulls. Bears. Sure. What else you got? They got hockey there? Uh, yeah. The, the, there's the Blackhawks. Blackhawks. Um, there's Not the Cubs. Show. Cubs, the White Sox, and baseball. Two teams, yeah. They, they, they do have sports teams. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I like Chicago. Man, you can um, say Chicago loves its sports, huh? It's they do. Huh. It, it is a big, big sports town, definitely. Yeah. Almost as much as Philadelphia. It's true, but we didn't have Jordan. That's true. Not yet, at least. Nope. He, he, could still, he could still come out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Actual Jordan. Do you think he's going to do a cameo into the new Space Jam? It might be out at this point. I don't remember. But I saw yeah. that. that it, I'd like it to. I'd like that to happen. Whether I it saw, will happen, or I don't know. Fucking Mad Max is supposed to make a cameo in it. Like Mad Max from the, I'm the guessing, movie series? Yeah. And then also like Wonder Woman. Like a bunch of weird like Warner Brothers properties are going to pop uh, up. See, I don't, I don't like that. I mean, I, I was pretty much not on board with, with Space Jam 2. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little too really old. Bored. You caught me at the right age for Space Jam 1. You got me that time. But yes. shame, shame on you, fool me twice. It's not you got me happen. with Bill Murray cameos and, and, and so forth. But uh, The beginning of the end of Murray. <laughs> oh, boy. That was really like the, you know, the, the watershed moment, I uh, think, where, where he, he really went. It's like, we get it. You love golf. Come <laughs> on, dude. <laughs> and backwards caps. Yeah, um, <laughs> but we digress. Um, we did a little bit. But yes. So shout out to Danny DeVito. I will always shout out Danny DeVito. He's I'm good. watching, watching ta- rewatching Taxi at the moment. So uh, that's a good, that's a good time. I'm, I'm all in on DeVito at the moment. It's always a good time to be all in on DeVito. <laughs> exactly. That's a a stock that's steady for sure. Our old pal Jeffy, though, he's, he wants Pete to also teach Lily how to bowl. They're very fond of bowling. And it was also fascinating just having a guy back there sending the ball back. Oh, yeah. That, back. That, that was a trip, too. I mean, they had yeah. multiple people back there. They had to manually 
reset all the pins. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. But she's not into bowling whatsoever. And uh, when we see him actually try to help her with it, she's terrible. Well, I guess she, we should mention also that Jeff D approaches Pete about it. And Pete's just like, nah, I don't really want to do it. Right. And then this is the first time we get like this little bit of psychoticness out of Jeff D where he, he kind of like his face kind of makes this different face. And he, and he has like this vitriol where he's just like, he's like, why don't you want to do this? And he like tries basically like forces him to. And he's like, why wouldn't you do this? Like, he's just blah, blah, blah. And he expects and, everything to go his way. You know, yes. he, things have been working out for him. It's Jeffy's Roadhouse, Jeffy's Rules. So. His name's on the sign, man. His name is fucking Jeffy. And his name's Jeffy. So. Enough said. Yes. With a name like Jeffy. What's you your bet- middle initial, Dan? J. J. So, yeah, if you're like Danja. I could be, I could be Danja. Yeah. Don't do it. Or DJ. I could just be DJ. That's right. I do now remember DJ. I could, or I could just be Jeffy. <laughs> I could just become Jeffy. Honestly, I'm surprised. Jeffy Dan. It didn't take off. I mean, even just Jefferson T is a solid name. You're going to be okay. Or just Jeff. I, I don't know. <laughs> just going to go off on a limb and just say that if you shorten Jefferson, it's Jeff. You know? you're, cra- you're crazy. Yeah, I guess. Who you am I? a wild streak over here. I do. So, yeah, we get to see some, some bowling hijinks. You get to see some short shorts. Yes, you quite, do. quite quite an outfit. There's a lot of great outfits, in particular from Ida Lupino in this in this movie. I mean, she definitely has some. She has yeah. some outfits, and they they mention it throughout. I mean, a couple even people just patrons are like, it's like, oh, you would never let me wear a dress like that, where she's got like one shoulder strap and then like a whole exposed section of her other shoulder. It's just some really uh, scandalous clothing in this film. Absolutely. I mean, that's definitely of her character. And so yeah, we also see more of Susie Smith. She's the club's cashier. Um, and she does have a, a thing for Pete. She is becoming a little jealous of Lily. They go to the beach. They go to a, like a lake. Yeah. Where Lily, she's not packed for, for swimming whatsoever. And she brings a, some sandwiches, a picnic that hopefully there's enough for everybody to eat. Yeah, she thinks yeah. it's just a date between her and, and Pete initially, like the way it's played out. Because why see wouldn't she? <laughs> she starts having an interest in him. And, and yeah, she thinks it's just him. And then the just Jeep pulls up and then you got Susie right there. It's like, what am I, third wheel of this? That's why I said to make plenty. Susie's always hungry. Yeah. You could figure it for a big appetite. Well, hello. This is a surprise. Hello, yourself. Hey, that's a nice outfit. Going somewhere? Huh? Show up, isn't she? Yo, even like just uh, social courtesy, you always let everyone know the guest list before you, you put it out there. I don't hate coming into surprise guests. That's that's yeah. bad news. So, uh, you know. Yeah. I'm, yeah. on, I'm, I'm team Lily on this one. Uh, yeah, I don't think Pete cared. I think he was just like, Pete whatever. don't give a fuck, man. And boy, if it don't work for him, yeah. you know, it's Pete's world. We're just living in it. it all hey, man, he, he can hold his own. I mean, as, as we see in the, in the scene where she's singing the song and you got that drunk guy at the bar, that huge guy, and he, he takes him on one-on-one and, and throws him down. So I'm trying to not get to that as much as possible so we can really get into it. We're almost there. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I won't, I won't go too far ahead, yeah. I, I, I have a pack of gushers to, to eat on that one. Can't wait. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're playing at the beach. Lily's just on the beach, just, like, not – Listening, listening to On the Beach by, by uh, Neil Young? Yeah, she's... she's she get her phonograph with her, right? Vampire blues, you know? <laughs> <laughs> she brought her portable uh, hi-fi with her. and She just made some honey slides for the occasion. <laughs> but eventually she's had enough and she's like, you know what, I'm going to fashion myself a little something and she gets into the water. Yeah, she, she makes out of like handkerchiefs. She makes like a bikini. She's got, she MacGyvers herself a, a perfect bikini. Somehow it works out and she's able to get in there and hold her own. And watch I, out, Susie. 
I like the nice touch that not only does she insert herself in the situation, but physically, like when the two, when both Pete and Susie are in the water, if you notice, she actually goes between the two of them. She swims out between both of them and continues on. So she like physically inserts herself saying like, hey, like I'm taking over. She kind of gets, the, she gets a little bit of that jealous streak. You know, she's saying like, oh, they're having fun and kind of being flirty. Now she's going to be like, nope, I'm, I'm in. Absolutely. I like, I like that a lot. It was great. Great dynamic between all of them. And yeah, so after this, he had another song and uh, it's, a, it's a great song. And w- was this the one? I think no. this might have been again. Yeah, that yeah. song was, yeah, like that so was makes- the one I really liked. There's only one kind of loving, one kind of kissing, the right kind, oh, the right kind. There's only one kind of loving that I've been missing, the right kind. I'm tired of too many guys with casual eyes. I know their line from A to Z. Oh, I want a man who is my kind of man. Daddy, oh, where can you be? There's only one kind of heaven. Breakfast at seven, the right kind. Oh, the right kind. There's only one kind of living worth all the giving right kind I got the word from my heart I heard from my heart and I find that we agree there's only one kind of loving the right kind of loving your kind my kind that's the kind of loving for me makes perfect sense that you get what happens this you see this man this like surly large burly guy burly surly guy he just slowly comes closer and closer into frame as she's playing the song it's so good (laughs) and then (laughs) he tries to grab her and some some guy comes to him and he just like with his hand just like flips him from like his head it was amazing Um, that whole sequence is just like I, I, at first, I was like, "This is the best part of the movie," but the ending is so good too. It's 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 a real toss up. The fighting it. was funny at at times because, like, I mean, people get launched. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's there's, I mean, especially like in that case, but like it's brutal, and they're throwing glasses. Yeah. You know, and, oh yeah, and that that yeah, because he that's how it kind of starts too. Like one of the first things that that guy does is he like like wings something Shucks across it, the yeah. bar and hits the other side of the room, and and that actually like I was like, holy crap! Yeah. Wow. And then they then they they wait like a while before they call Pete in. I mean, he's the manager. And at this point, I guess we should also mention that this date that happens right before it, actually, Jeffy had left. He went on a hunting vacation. Yeah. Uh, so he went on a trip with some friends. So he's not there. So Pete's the only like he's like the guy in charge now. And they exactly. wait a while before they page him. Like at, exactly. at one point, they're just like now they're like okay now I guess we'll page Pete to come in here and 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 do something. Because originally I was gonna say that. Uh, Ida Lupino is is Patrick Swayze, but you know maybe uh, he's not. Maybe Pete's the cooler. Pete's the cool. I think Pete is the cooler this because I mean he he does, he he holds his own. I mean, well, I guess the 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 guy he kind of has her in like like a hole like in like a bear hug for a while too. Like she's trying to get yeah. away from him too. Oh yeah, point. he's a real brawler. I mean, it's yeah. it's trouble when he he comes about. Well, you learn that too. I mean, yeah, you learn that when the police finally come, they call the police and they know who yeah, it is like, immediately. Like yeah, it's like, like, and they say as soon as yeah. you see this guy next time, you just call us right away. We're we'll be here. Yeah, sure. like, like apparently this guy's a repeat offender. Like they they know this guy. Absolutely. Um, so I, I 
as far as I, I, I just before I forget, Roadhouse comparisons. Yes. There's just the Roadhouse in general. It has that in common, but also it has boy two of the best villains. It's just two villains having fun. I would say by a lake have, too, and yeah. the, and lakes in it too. Exactly. So there are some kind of weird similarities. So you're telling me that the '89 was not a remake of this movie? Is it's, that what you're trying? to I tell think me? it is, but they took a lot of liberties, and somehow yeah. it worked out. But that, yeah, I mean, Rowdy I just, Harrington, man, he he really uh, took some liberties. I, yeah, man. I mean, he saw the Rowdy Harrington bar fight that just happened in this yeah. one, so he he definitely went for it. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, there's glasses being broken in both too. I mean, there's some fun similarities, and uh, yeah, I, it's just fun to. I didn't think I'd be holding them both up so much. I thought I'd be like, yeah. Hey, the other roadhouse, it's interesting, but whatever. But because you never hear about this one. Yeah. And and I was thinking about that too. Like, I, I feel like we're both maybe not dismissive, but I think we we both kind of went in maybe a little bit of a of a you know semi-low expectation of this film going in. Some and, of that is a bit I don't mean this to be insulting, but uh, Kino Lorber who put this out, I think they kind of they put out a lot of stuff. I mean, they put yes. out some of the best stuff. I mean, they put out uh, Miracle Mile, which is one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorite movies. They uh, Dave Foley's The Wrong Guy. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's very under, a very, very underrated 90s comedy. They, they've done some really cool stuff, but I mean, I feel like they also just, yeah, that license available, we'll take it, we'll put it out. So it's it's tough, especially with noir, like it, it's tough to tell what, what level of quality you're going to get. And also the fact that they're just, beyond the fact that it was like, hey, this movie's called Roadhouse 2. There just wasn't much about it out there. Right. But it's like shocking that it's not as well regarded as it is. I'm ready to put this thing in top 20, you know, it's just, it, there's some stuff in it that's just so fun and essential. Yeah, it's it's a weird dynamic in the entire film. I mean, like I said, from, from even from a technical standpoint of the way it's filmed, the locations, but also just like the characterizations. I think it's, it's just like a lot of weird stuff. Like I, the thing I love about film noir is like the, just the weird wrinkles in certain movies that give it their own character to it you know even through like we said earlier like a lot of the plots can be maybe mundane or 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 pedestrian or or kind of like you know kind of same old same old kind of stuff but again it's 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 a lot of the other uh, accoutrement uh around it uh Uh yeah exactly i love that word um uh, around it that really makes it what it is and i think this is a a prime example of that you know i I think it's 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 really the sum of its parts and like we said you know early on in this movie it feels like just like a drama it doesn't necessarily feel as film noir-esque exactly um, so maybe that about towards the end is part of it that by the time it's like film noir you know you just you're already left the theater and you're just like oh okay yeah but i I, it's just i hope you know with this and this movie looks great there's a it's a perfectly fine restoration yeah it's yeah. a great transfer yeah i think I, kino's good in general like i i think you know kino for me it's like i wouldn't even put them maybe like number two to criterion i but wow. I, what i what i appreciate about them is the variety i think like i said i think the that's scope, just it the and i think variety that they exactly have. and i think sometimes that variety leads and it's leads to interesting stuff it may not be the best film so i mean it's just tough to tell what it was going to be um right and but i i don't mean that to be insulting like i i just mean it because of the scope is so big and so so broad it's just that some th- some things could get, get could get left unnoticed, absolutely, uh, and, and and get lost in the fold. And yeah, that I agree with. And this this could definitely be one of those films where yeah, you could definitely yeah get get lost. I hope in the between um, now that it has some availability, and of course our uh, our wonderful review of it, I hope we can get some eyes on it. I hope this this raises the stakes for sure. You know, I might put Arrow at number two behind Criterion because you know the, it's the. It's the supplements that get me. I like a good booklet, you know. That's true. Yeah, Arrow's up. Arrow's like probably my number three. I, I could probably flip. I just got that Southland Tales uh, they did, and man, yeah. 
that thing is packed to the gills of wow anyways uh watch south and tales if you have it it's the most ridiculous movie of all time i <laughs> recommend it enough it's so, i do need to see that it is bonkers and the con cut uh is so much more bonkers too it's it's great but yeah there's a lot of a lot of cool features and uh and well like printed uh, the stock the paper stock of everything like the slip case is good the slip case which is something that criterion doesn't do for the most part other than like with box sets uh they do some, yeah, depending on what know. it is. Like sometimes they'll do the kind of digipack kind of things where it's like have like a sleeve and you'll pull it out and it's like you know it's a card stock instead of just being a standard. Yeah, uh, and I feel like usually disc. it's at least yeah. a couple discs at that point. You know, it's never like yeah. a a one disker. You know, I don't get an O card on my blowout. I mean, I wish there was. You I would, know, I, I would, I would gladly take an O card because I love that movie. Are you into like those uh, accoutrements? I am. I, I I am a fan of packaging. I I, I think. A lot of it is, I mean, obviously the artwork going into it, it affects it too, but I think I do appreciate Criterion for their packaging. So, I mean, they, sometimes they're a little bit more simplistic, but sometimes when, when they actually go all out, like, I mean, I think about like Repo Man, like that set's really nice. And it's got like the, the inserts are really cool. Uh, even I feel like, like that Ace, was... Ace in the Hole and stuff like that. Like they, they have like some nice accompaniment with it and stuff like that. So I, I, I do like that. I feel like when that Repo Man came out, that was like around the, like when it started to go downhill. I mean, like it just wasn't that same quality ever again. Like I, I just I, lately, at least, it's just been. Actually, I guess I should say that Godzilla set was probably the one where it's like, holy shit, good job. Yeah, the Burger yeah, Box set's really pretty, pretty awesome too. But when did that come out? Um, I think two or three years ago. All right, so that's sort of within the range. But I mean, I guess really at the last two years, I would say it just hasn't been that great. It's been a long streak of just like nothing. I don't know. Some of those East really blow me away. We're just like, wow, look at the creativity and the design on this. Yeah. And it's been just kind of a little lackluster. But hey, you know, as long as you're putting out the movies, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, they're still my go-to. So like, I, I'll always. Uh, I will say I'll though. I like the ones that do the reversible cover because I do like the original poster art a lot of the time, you know? And that's where I see, like, you know, as much as Warner Archive is bare bones, I like that it's, just, it's the old poster on the front yes. of it. Like, I, I, most of the time, that's what I want, especially with these old ones because the, the posters are so great. Their design layout for Warner Archive, uh, I, I really like. That is one thing. As, as much as it, it can be a little bit bare bones at time on some of the other stuff, like there's no booklets, there's no a lot. Of, there's not a whole lot of extras usually. But yeah. I do appreciate their aesthetic and, and, and the, the layout design of, of theirs and using, like you said, using a lot of the old posters. I, I think they look really cool. Um, exactly. I'm, I'm definitely a fan of that. And one thing that's interesting about Kino is all their spines and then the discs itself have the same design as well. So, you yes. know, they're, they're kind of made to be collected and put on a shelf to show off years. And they also have, of course, the catalog number on the spines. Right. Which I, and that's how I have all my Kinos. My, all my Kinos are separated by that alphabetically. Yeah. There you go. And this will uh, go on. This one will go back on the shelf after the episode. <laughs> exactly. I'm, it's, well, I actually have to get it uh, ripped so I can get the audio for this. Oh. Shout out to my roommate, Jeremy, who hopefully successfully helped me do this if not he will this this shout out will be edited out uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah after this attack uh lily and pete they get a little close and they share they share a kiss and it's at this point pete's all in he, he likes her but you know i think a lot of it he was trying not to to fall in love with her and you know get her out of town was just because it's jeffy's girl and you know Jeff i wish that i had jeffy's girl <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um, but yeah, Stay I mean, tuned after the episode, folks, we will debut our uh, weird noir owl single. Jeffy's girl. Jeffy's girl. Hey, man, I will write that because I love I love Jesse's girl. And All right, uh, you got, I'll, like, I'll write the lyrics. To that. I'll write lyrics 
using using the melody in the song i'll record a version but i'm sure you could even find like some karaoke instrumental and then you could put it over it you don't have to do too much work but all right dan he's got a deadline of uh, like three or four weeks before (laughs) this comes out uh to deliver that to me if he did it you know only ghost in town on social media get him (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I, i think what really brings them together, and I, I think Pete's maybe reluctancy, I think you see the the passion in her, you know, basically he saves her life through that fight, that bar fight with that guy. Oh, yeah. And, and then he goes upstairs to clean up and so forth, as does she. And then you see it, that was kind of the breaking point, like that, you know, the, the, the dam kind of broke, I guess. And, How could it and, not? And that, exactly. And that's where, like, that's where the romance really uh, comes I, together. I mean, as much as, like, the plot's, like, whatever, it's not even a bad plot, it's just like a, okay, you know, it's that's fine. fine. Uh, it's fine, exactly. Um, the moments that it leads to are very natural, you know. Like yes. So it, everything it, as it progresses, like you know, it's not a complaint about how it rolls out. It's more just like the content itself. But yeah, right. The, the dialogue, the dialogue, and, context, and, and stuff and like that. And the consequences, yeah. and, and all, and the theme, you know, it's all there. So it that really helps it shine. So yeah, they're they're together at this point, but it's also revealed that Jeff D intends to marry Lily, much <laughs> even though she might not know it yet. No. He's getting, he got that marriage license right away. Lily, why didn't you call me? I've got news for you. I told you I'd prove how I felt about you. We're getting married. I've got the license right here in my pocket. Jeffy, you're kidding. Must be out of your mind. I, I never told you that. I like I like the idea of him like being on a hunting trip and then like telling the guys like all right guys I'll be right back I got to go into town and get a marriage license and then <laughs> and then, uh, and then go home. Yeah. But Pete it, also tries to to reveal he's like hey Pete I I like Lily so yeah. we're gonna actually leave that's not gonna happen for you buddy sorry you got that marriage license uh, that's cool we found out your name is Jefferson T Jeff D yes that, now that we know that we're gonna go ahead and leave this sham of a name and that's when the switch goes off. For yes. good. <laughs> this is where you get some Richard Widmark, like a motherfucker. Uh, yeah, he, he, he goes tongue, off. He's a wild dog. His tongue is wagon. It's so good. And he is just having a blast. And I think that's interesting that, as we mentioned earlier, the, you, up to this point, it really hasn't felt very film noir-esque. But at this moment, the scene where that happens, it, it's an interior scene. Uh, I think, I guess it's in, in like Jeffy's room, I guess where he, he's staying because he was, he, was, he was taking a nap, I guess. And as you do, as you do, That's I mean, what I'm going to do after this episode, I, I love a good nap. Oh, always get whooped. Yeah. I mean, Hey man, this takes a lot out of you. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I um, would give it to the people, everything, you know, yes, we're, we, we're spent. We, we need the whole weekend to rest afterwards. We, we leave it all out, out, out there on the field. So it is that felt a, is more, that a baseball term or something. Yeah. Any, any, any sport any that happens, to, any sport that happens to be on a, on a playing field, the, the, the interior that they're in, it, it, you get more of the shadows. You start getting some of the shadows interior that you don't before. You get more, like, everything seems more bright, yeah, you know, no, I mean, in general. As soon as that kind of night hits, right. all of a sudden it's like, all right, well, we got to leave town. We're going to leave the note saying that, hey, we, we're, we're taking a little money, but it's the $600 that's owed to us. And Susie signed off on the slip and everything, so it's all good. Yeah. We're going to go, we're going to go hit the train station and uh, I don't see how there could be any problem. Right. And then, uh, then you get another, another scene where like you get people coming more and more into frame and you know, walking towards us with the two policemen. Uh, that was great. Cause you see yeah. it coming and, and you're like, 
you're like you, you know you, you know you're they're probably coming for them but like what why they're like what's, i mean what's it was the on? same thing as when you see that guy approach the piano they're very good at just like here it comes but like what's what it is it be? you know exactly yeah. you're just like oh shit you know <laughs> yeah it, it's a great device it's great it, yeah it, works. It, it absolutely is a great device yeah and by this point for sure it's just like i'm all in on this movie i'm having a blast and you're just like hope hope it's gonna come together for sure yeah. so yeah the police then they uh they they get lily and pete and they say you know hey come with us we'll we'll explain at the station and it turns out that jeff d has claimed that all of the week entire week's receipts have been taken from the roadhouse safe and i love that he's in the shadows again in the, in the in the the police office that they're in because yeah. you see him briefly when they walk in you kind of see there's like a guy looming and you and like you're like i think it's him and it's just really cool. I just love that little like thing where he's like he's in the dark and the shadows and like he's looming over them at that point. Absolutely. Jeffy don't like this and Jeffy gonna make things go he's, his way. He's the the puppet master. He's making things happen. So yeah, he says uh, they stole from me, but Pete says, "Hey, I only took the six hundred dollars that was owed to me, mm-hmm. but they can't find that receipt uh, with Susie's." stamp of approval on it. Yep, in the same. Yeah. She, she says so. Hey, I did count it. It was twenty six hundred dollars. But she's not on trial or something. They say something like this. Like, this doesn't concern you. I was like, yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, it's like, get all these witnesses in. But, you know, Jeff D., you know, he, he, he's in the pocket. He owns these people for sure. Also, there's a, there's a line that the police, uh, I guess he's like a lieutenant, uh, the guy at the desk, after, they, well, what, I don't want to take away from what you're saying about, you know, eventually, because he goes, you know, he takes him to, to jail. But they, there's a line, that, yeah. they line, they, yeah, they, they, there's a line, they, they have a discussion between Jeff D. and the, and the, the lieutenant and the policeman says something like, I do, I get this five times a, a day, like five days a week or something like this. I'm like, what are you talking about? And, and you only work five days a week? Like, what are the other two days? Like, there's a police station, like, not open for two days? Like, like it's just a very bizarre exchange. You don't think someone else, they don't have another cop to work for those two days? I, the weekend I, shift? I guess not. Do you work seven days a week, Dan? No, I don't. It feels oh. like it sometimes, but I don't. It's, it's true. But yeah, I just thought it was a very, very weird exchange. But ultimately, Absolutely. like I said, they, yeah, they end up taking him to, to jail for the time. Yeah, being. even though Lily says, hey, you know, Jeffy, you're framing him. What the fuck? But it doesn't matter. We go to a trial and he's guilty of grand larceny. But Jeffy, old sneaky Jeffy, he talks to the judge and he says, you know, hey, he's Pete's my hey, old judgy. pal. He yeah. says, hey, judgy. Hey, judgy. Yeah. Oh, God. It's so good. <laughs> Which also like one of the most ridiculous things of this movie was 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 this whole sequence. I would say, like where he he tries to like the deal that he cuts. Yeah, but they. I don't know if it, maybe it's just my impression. But do you think there was any like money or any other things passed from Jeffy to the judge to to make him do this? Was there any other influence? Because why else would this judge be so lenient? I, I think he just appealed to his uh you know leniency is like look man we're not trying to get anyone in jail i can take care of this he was the wrong party so it's a little easier to hear it coming from him it's like ah, this yeah. guy's okay with it that's fine but yeah he just basically said you know as long as i'll look after pete he's gonna be on probation for two years and the way they reveal this uh, after the deal is made too like where he's like guilty and you're gonna be in jail for two years and then they're like but we'll do time served uh if you you stick with jeff d and under his watch and you'd be good it made me think of i don't know if you're a huge seinfeld fan or not but it made me think of like when they were making I'm the, a seinfeld you're a seinfeld fan well there, there's that there when they're making the pilot for like the the, the show jerry where, yeah. where they have that plot where it's like the guy gets in a car accident oh, and, he, and he, has to become his, his he has to become his butler it yeah. kind of remi- it kind of made me think of that where it's just like it's such a bizarre like that this is like what i think is so bizarre about this it's just like 
does that really happen? Like, I'm not, I think it does. I mean, I know some, I've heard of some instances in life of like friends who like become got, butlers. Well, they got in trouble, but like, you know, the people that they had wronged were like, ah, you know, people, they make mistakes. Like I can, I'll handle it. Okay. I, I think when it's like the person who was wrong, they can, they are in more of a position to be like, yeah. I mean, it seems like for what they were <laughs> Going to court and, and making a case of this, it's a little extreme to then just be like, at this level, to then be like, yeah, right. all right, you can watch them. But I mean, yeah, isn't I think that fishy? Like, you know what I mean? Like, levels. Fishy. I mean, you know, and also people don't really become the, the but, sentenced to be a butler, I think. But uh, <laughs> I, just, also... I just thought about that when I was watching and I was like, sure. it just reminded me of that. If, if Seinfeld's coming up during these things, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Do what you got to do. You know, Elaine's dad was someone who was in noir. Oh yeah, um, what's his name? I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, he's real yeah. scary, <laughs> and they're yeah. all scared of him. He's a, he's a famous uh, asshole. I believe he just died, so we're free to to slander him. Now. Oh, are we? Yeah, but he was just yeah. He's a I don't remember his name offhand. Damn, it might have it for us, but I know I'm he looking was. Looking it up. He was in some famous noirs. He's played by uh, Lawrence Tierney. Lawrence Tierney, yes, that's it. He's everyone was very afraid of him. Very. Uh, scary scary person he was, he was supposed to be a regular character on seinfeld but he was so terrifying that they didn't he was not asked back um <laughs> he also did a voice on uh, the simpsons for an episode and that was also an experience they say they had to like fake lines just to get him to say the lines they wanted him to because he just had questions of every line in the script and was extremely difficult oh wow but his performance was great he always comes through yeah so yeah, Pete's in Jeffy's custody. He's got to pay back money from his paycheck too for the full whatever it was twenty six hundred or whatever I said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pete and and Lily they know they're they're screwed. They're under Jeffy's thumb and rule. And you get a like weird like I mean there's that scene where they're in the that uh they're at, it's like some party some type of party that they're having and uh, yeah and and he you know, he's telling these like what's his name Jeffy's telling uh, all these kind of stories and he's laughing it up and just kind of being. You know, good boy. And kind of just, you know, when he sees them together again, he's like basically like, nope. He's like, he's like, this isn't gonna happen. Like, I, I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm running, running things. And yeah, you get the sense of more of the just like his, his psyche is just absolutely maniacal. And he, he's with Lily at this point too, so that looks very weird. But then she's able to break off at right. the party and go to go to pee, and they very much miss each other. And they said, you know, hey, we can, we'll try to head for the border, the the Canadian border. It's only 15 miles from the roadhouse. But Jeffy has a plan to go to his hunting cabin as well. Yes, the four of them, because they end up inviting Susie. So it's it's uh, exactly Jeffy still wants to be pals. Like he's he's definitely like, look, I'm gonna manipulate the situation. But beyond that, we're all buddies. Everything's fine. Or maybe he wanted an objective witness in case anybody kills somebody. <laughs> that that's what I was yeah. thinking too. Like maybe if, that's true because he just for a witness. He's a very good shot, as we'll find out. Yeah, he slings a lot of rifles. At, 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 and it, that, that's another thing. It's like, it, it's anticipatory of, you're, you're like waiting, you're like, what's going to happen? Like, you're like, you know something's going to happen because he's got all these guns, he's got these rifles, and he, talk, and he starts boasting about his shot, how good a shot he is. And you're like, what is going to happen? Absolutely. And he proves that he's a great shot, yes. too. Uh, Even when he's drunk, he's better when he's drunk. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it, Lily refuses to go to cross the border. They're gonna they're gonna try to figure out some a plan at this cabin mm-hmm. to make it all work out. And so Jeff D, yeah, he definitely is. Uh, he's getting a little little sauced up and a lot of fun. Yep. <laughs> Maybe not for the right ways, but he's 
fun as hell to listen to and watch for sure. He seems like the only person having fun there. Everybody else seems pretty. Yeah, uh, he's got a rifle. Uptight, he's having a know. great time. Exactly. You know, guys got to get on Jeff D's level. Yep. So Lily accuses him of, of taking the missing money. And uh, Jeff D doesn't like that. He strikes her. And Pete doesn't like that. So he knocks out Jeff D. And Jeff D is out cold. Yes. Great, great fight sequence. A lot of, a lot of people getting launched again with like absolutely legs yeah all the fight yeah all the action is very believable and there's not a anything that rings false in this entire movie like no. there's not anything like oh that's a little cheesy or of the time it's it's great it's it's a a nice little slice of heaven noir heaven i don't know <laughs> I, I even i even like when when he the the can that he shoots happens to be uh tomato juice yes so and he mentions makes a mention of the it's like blood you know what I mean? And that's another like little nice touch that I really liked. So he's he's off out sleeping at this point. And uh, Lily says, let's go to Canada. Hmm. We'll take the boat. Also, there was another great boat scene with them way early in the movie. But that boat looked so comfortable, didn't it? It did. Well, he's got a pillow on the boat, too. It's so. like nice like leather pillow and stuff. And she's like, yeah. just taking a nap out on that boat. Like, what a, what a life. I, 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 minus, you know, the, the crime and the murder, I could live the roadhouse life for sure. Yeah. Out, of, out of both the roadhouses, I think this is the one I could probably pull off more than yeah, this, the other Yeah, one. this is definitely a better establishment, I think, to... Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 a lot classier. I would I would take Jeff D's over the double deuce. I think as much as I as much as I enjoy the double deuce. I do think. you like do you prefer Lily's voice over uh, the blindman's voice in that movie? Oh yeah, oh yeah, what's, definitely. What's that guy's name again? Oh uh, Jeff Healy. Jeff Healy. Yes. Oh yeah, I, I would take I would Jeff take Jeff D Healy. I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeff D Healy. Uh, oh no, I would take Ina Lupino over him. Her voice sure. is just a little smokier. Well, I think we also, I, I'd like to mention... Uh, Go ahead, Dan, yes. So earlier when when Pete is showing... What's her name? I can't think of her name now. I don't Susie? Character. No, oh, no, uh, Lily. Uh, uh, Lily. Showing her how to bowl. She, she's like, at first she's horrible. She's like, she, and she's like, she's way she's off the She's the ball mark. way in the other lane and stuff. Right. She refuses to wear the shoes. Right. So this comes up later during this scene at the end of the movie where Jeffy gives her a rifle and puts his hat up on a tree branch and uh-huh. he stands next to it and he's saying oh well you can shoot this from here and she starts going off the mark so you're you're wondering oh and she goes to aim at him yeah right and you're wondering if 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 this is a, a both like for me in my head i'm wondering is this is this linked to how she's just a bad she's off bad the mark aiming? Oh, bad yeah. aiming in general or you know you're also thinking like is she purposely going to try to just shoot him anyway I felt, I, I, I like that comparison. It didn't occur to me. I'm not against it. But it definitely felt like she was like going to go and shoot him. Right. Especially like when it was stopped immediately. But I, I, I wish I did bring that up because I love that. That was a great scene. Yes. And, and, and I, I saw, and that clicked with me like right away. Because sometimes it takes me a couple of watches. But that, that whole thing really clicked with it's me. It's the way like, wow, this movie builds suspense that it's extremely successful at. Definitely. It, it's very, it's, yeah, you're, you're edge of your seat the whole time. So they're gonna. They go ahead and bail. They try to create as many distractions as possible. As this nature, as this nature with the fog. Absolutely, Um, cannot mention the fog. Totally, we're we're in it at this point. I mean, this is like where the cinematography really is is incredible. And yeah, it's always fun when they get out in the woods in these uh, finales. It's that's a great trope. And lots of great close-ups too. I mean, because there's like a there's like a, a, a chase in succession where you kind of yeah. get different close-ups. So you get a, a close-up of Pete. You get a close-up of Lily. You get a close-up of Susie when she follows after them. 
end of end of uh, him, and they're all kind of in line. And that's a, and that's an allusion even to earlier in the film. There's a small sequence similar to that where the bartender is talking over the piano to Ida Lupino, but when he sees, I think it's at first it's Pete walking, he breaks mid sentence and leaves. And, and because he sees someone else coming and then Jeffy comes after him and kind of replaces him. They kind of leapfrog and come out of the scene too. So it's almost similar to that in a way as well. A lot of callbacks. Yes, I, little, I like it. Little, I, I like little it. Little hush up secret callbacks. Susie's staying behind and she... She should have left. She should have she, left. She absolutely should have left as she'll realize when she gets shot momentarily. But yes. um, she finds the deposit envelope for the receipts that Jeffy had pocketed and in the coat pocket. And he's got that very interesting coat where it's just that big thing of leather on one side, right? What's I think that that's, about? I think that's to uh, rest a gun on uh, if okay. you're funding. I oh, think, okay. I mean, I'm not a hunter, but that was my guess is that, that that's to, to, comp, to, to have padding if, if you're using it to aim. You want to know what my guess was, Dan? What? It was uh, for when someone cries on your shoulder, it absorbs it. I mean, I think it doubles as that for yeah. sure. Yours, I mean, is, ma- yours is better though. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I like yours better than my, I think mine's, too, mine's, mine's too utilitarian and, and too, uh, too plain of an example. I think, I think yours works way better. I think you've just explained our dynamic, Dan. You know, uh, you can come for the actual facts or you can come for the fantasy. Jo- Joey's facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quote unquote. There's facts and then, and then there's, there's facts. Ju- and then there's facts. Yes, there's just the facts and then there's the facts, right? Yep. Either Dan Aykroyd or you're Tom Hanks, right? That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're either Dr. Detroit. <laughs> or your uh, bachelor party. Yes. Or your Pep Streeback from from, from Drag Day. <laughs> or you back to Drag Day, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, at this point we're we're escaping in the in the woods. Susie gives the envelope actually over to Pete. She does catch them yes. before they're going, and that's where Jeffy actually he wakes up. He has a, another gun because they break his guns. They smash yes, one of his yes, guns and then they chuck guns. the other one. Yep. I I, I kind of laughed at that scene when when he like they're outside. It's him and Adelino. He just takes it. And he just literally just like throws it overhead into the tree because when he was doing that overhead i thought oh he's gonna smash this one too and yeah it was just maybe that launches it that's the only way he knows how to do things because it's just it's kind of the opposite of bowling right you know it's bowling from above bowling bowling from above 1979 (laughs) (laughs) yeah so jeff d he's he's a he's a mad rabid dog he's yelping he's laughing he's got his tongue out yeah it's it's so good he's so terrifying <laughs> he sh- yeah he shoots Susie in the arm and they they actually so they set the boat out yep uh by itself i like that where a they, good they decoy boat and then yes. jeffy starts shooting at it. yeah i love that yeah. too uh and he hits he hits uh uh Susie in the arm yes so at this point he's wasted all his bullets and or at least enough of them and pete goes for the gun Oh, cause, right, because Lily actually gets the gun and there is a, a bullet for, for Jeffy. <laughs> yep. And then and, another, like, I think... Because he, he goes after her with a boulder. I'm sorry, I got to point out that was great. Cause oh, yeah. He yeah, was going to smash her with a fucking rock, which was so rad. Well, I think that's what... Because that's what it, it climaxed to that because I think she was still hesitant to actually pull the trigger. But I think once he did that, that was the boiling point. Because I think... Yeah, once it was they, like a matter of... Life, life and death. Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, allusion to the 89 Roadhouse where it got to the point where the guy pulls out the gun. Dalton's, Dalton's going for the throat. And in this exactly. case, you know, if he brings up the boulder, she's bringing out the gun. But there's a funny thing that, that I didn't understand is that Pete picks up Susie to carry her out. Uh-huh. 
but she was shot in the arm. She, she couldn't could walk. She yeah, couldn't I think walk. it was just like, hey, I, why don't I get help out? <laughs> Take you off your feet. You know, you did just get shot for us. I know. guess, but I don't know. It just seemed weird to me. All right. If you get shot around Dan, you better be be able to walk. Otherwise, you are screwed. Who's going to no, leave I, you? I, it's not saying that I'm not, you know, empathetic Chivalry to that. is dead, isn't it? No, it, it's not that. I, I think it was just like, I didn't understand it. Like, I would understand if, if he was like on his shoulder, kind of like helping, you know, like kind of like helping her along, but to straight up just be like, I'm going to carry you. Even though the love of his life essentially is right there. And he's almost like kind of just ignoring her, basically. She doesn't need carrying. She was, she just shot someone herself. I know she doesn't, but she's not, she's just like, okay, that's fine. You know, a, a girl that's interested in, in my, my dude uh, yeah. is, is just, is being picked up by him. Dan Morgan would be like, yeah, how are those getaway sticks, huh? They're good? <laughs> want to get up and get out of here, huh? Get to well, walking, get to stepping. You're fine. It's just, it's just a shot in the arm. Yeah, just a flesh wound, right? Yeah. It's not like you got to uh, do handstands out of here. But I will say, yeah, in general, I I, I love this movie. We I, get I some dying really cool. words from Jeff D. Like, you know. I told you she was different. Yep. Yeah, then we get one more again. We get again, again. Again, again. And yeah, we get a nice shot of everything, the nice foggy shot, and what a what a great time. Loved it. Yeah. Great, great dialogue. Can't recommend this one enough. It's it's a nice it's a nice secret gem. And yes. this is why we do the podcast and it's nice when we get to find them as well. You know, sometimes yes. we get to be a little ahead of the curve, but this time it worked out. So I, I guess as far as fun facts with with everybody, you got uh, Celeste Holm. She had done a, a little bit of film noir as well. Uh, she also won an Academy Award in uh, Ilya Kazan's Gentleman's Agreement from 1947. She was also in All About Eve, which she was nominated mm-hmm. for, and was also originated the role of Ado Annie in Oklahoma. Oh. I, I, what's, what's the big song from Oklahoma? Oklahoma, where the something. Is that what it is? I've heard this one other song, but I'm, I'm not, uh, uh, not too I remember when I was younger... That. Uh, before I was in high school, I went to what eventually would be my high school that I graduated from for some reason to see Oklahoma, the play, you uh-huh. know, play played out by, I guess, students or whatever. And I was younger. I don't know why. I think I made you like, I love this. I'm coming to this nope. high school. That was not it. Um, you're like, I'm, I'm going to be in Oklahoma by the time I get here. And they're like, we stopped doing Oklahoma. I don't even, oh. I, I, you know, what? I don't even, I don't know why I remember that. But I can't. Yeah. I could. I couldn't tell you any of the plays that happened while I actually went to that high school. So, did you go to a lot of plays while you were there? No, that was the only play I've ever been to. I think at, yeah. at that school. I was not feeling like, oh, this stinker. I'm done. Yeah, I remember not being that. I, I thought it was okay, probably. Oh boy, like any kind of child's production of anything is going to be pretty brutal. I know that it wasn't Greece. So it, since it wasn't Greece, that that I was I wasn't having it. Were you in any plays in your day, Dan? Absolutely not. How about you? Did, did they ask you to ever? No, no. I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself. I was, I don't necessarily consider myself a shy person, but especially more so when I was younger, I was definitely more shy. Uh, sure. like I definitely, I did not feel confident having to remember lines or, or, you know, having to be on stage and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I was in a band and, and had some experience doing it on that level, but yeah, I think that's different. I think that's a little bit different dynamic versus like remembering actual lines where it's just like, you're isolated, it's dialogue, it's, it's, it's a different game. Yeah. Uh, not not for me, no. Yeah, How about you? 
like slightly. I mean, I, it was such a small town that kind of everyone ended up in the play. You know, uh, I remember we did like Phantom Toll Booth when I was like. That's in, cool. I, that was one of my favorite books when I was a kid. Fifth or sixth grade. Yeah, I know the author just died. Uh, yes, like, I did see that. Yeah, a couple Bummer. of weeks ago now. At this point, uh, Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah, <laughs> the sure. musical. But yeah, they always had me do like comedic roles and stuff like that because uh, you know I'm hilarious. And, I can uh, see that. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, so I, I'd get the laughs. It worked, but eventually it was just like I. By the time high school came, like they they would approach me with stuff, and it was just like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. You're like, this is this is not my type of material. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the big one. Freshman year, I got like suckered into doing like an audition. It was like some Shakespeare thing, and they totally like offered it to me, and I was just like, I had no fun doing this whatsoever. Like, and being Shakespeare after school, yeah, all of it was just a drag and a. You're like, you're like, call me when when you have Caddyshack. On, on stage uh, that, that's when i'm coming in <laughs> you do a stage stage play of a uh, of a uh, caddyshack then i'm in I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah i would definitely be chevy chase in there yeah i could see that thank you i'll take that i always enjoyed anything that was more like personally creative or like doing like more like improv stuff because i was always good on my feet mm-hmm. that was more fun to me like doing like some sort of like public presentation you know mm-hmm. It's your own artisticness. Yeah, you can go a little off the cuff, too. Exactly. Cornell Wilde, uh, he was a Hungarian-American actor, and he also directed a little bit, or Pete. I thought you were going to say he's a hunk, and I was going to agree with you, because, yes, he is. He's a hunk, but uh, Richard Widmark wins the hunk off in this one, for sure. Felt a little bad for him. Just I think there's room for two hunks in this movie. I guess so. I mean, everyone's very beautiful in this movie, all around. Yes. Uh, out of the big four, it's, you know, there's not a, there's not a complaint if, yes. we're, if we're really going to get on that level of things. Or, oh, yeah. Let's keep it superficial and all about looks. <laughs> and if we were, then we would shit talk the haircuts more. But yeah, uh, Cornell Wilde, he, he was uh, under contract with 20th Century Fox around this point, mm-hmm. And he was nominated for Best Actor for 1945's A Song to Remember. And uh, you know, Richard Woodmark, I feel like we kind of covered the pickup on South Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, great guy, you know, like we said, he a bit of a softy despite his harder roles but yeah yes. oh it definitely i think we'll be doing more of his films as time progresses uh, oh yeah he's gonna I'm come excited. up for sure yeah i mean th- this was great so i'm, I'm very excited and then uh, idol lapino has a phenomenal career yes um, we're gonna get some of her films that she actually you know wrote directed and acted in as well so. exactly she actually directed the first she was the first female to direct a noir film um, yes so we'll absolutely get to have the hitchhiker um, yes which i have yet to see but i've been wanting to see for a very long time yeah it's gonna be a good time and it's actually in the the public domain so maybe yes. we'll come out with a, a print of it yes <laughs> For, uh, for our, our, our label called uh, Jeffy's Releases. I thought it was uh, Chocolate Fedora Inc. Or Chocolate Fedora Inc., that too. Yes, a Jeffy Robinson Jeffy's Jalopies. Jeffy's Jalopies. Well, that would definitely be our uh, auto salvage yard for sure. Yes. Um, but yeah, she was a uh, very you know, revolutionary uh, director. She was the only woman to direct an episode of the original Twilight Zone as well. And mm-hmm. she also starred in an episode of the show. So yeah, we're very excited to get to her. She directed and, and uh, starred in so many more noirs that we'll we'll get to for sure. Yeah, she's, and, you know, yeah, she's great. She also, you know, was tackled a lot of subjects that were pretty uh, taboo at the time, dealing with like uh, pregnancies, assaults, and a lot of very adult and, and uh, uncomfortable topics. Yes, she's great. We're gonna have a lot to say about her, and uh, great to get her and Richard Widmark together because I feel like they're just some some heavy hitters of uh, the genre for sure. You know, I don't know what the next mount rushmore is if there's a tinier mountain where they have more heads or something but yes 
they definitely belong there. I think this is the only time they ever appeared in a movie together. Actually. Yeah, yeah, which is too bad. Yeah. And and the director, uh, our director, Jean-Man, he did a, a lot of noirs as well. He did Three Strangers mm-hmm. and then Deep Valley, Nobody Lives Forever, which has our old pal John Garfield. <laughs> Your favorite? Yeah, maybe he's better in that one. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, a lot of these people were were uh, a big part of the genre, and it was great to get them all, the gang together for this one, for sure. It just worked. I just, I, I liked all of it. Yeah. Oh, and the other fun fact I have is that the bowling alley scenes were shot at a real alley that was located near the studio. Ah, that's cool. So there wasn't a, a roadhouse that had a cool bowling alley, in it, unfortunately. But hopefully after this, that's something that happened. Maybe that's what we need to do. I think maybe that's like post-pandemic. We're definitely like, going to have some noir-themed extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, bowling alley, diner, something for sure. But yeah. That'll or be- it, had a, it could be both. It'd be diner slash bowling alley. Absolutely. But yeah, that, that that concludes it for Roadhouse. And I never thought I'd say this, but watch both Roadhouses. They're both amazing. Do movies. a double. We should do a double feature. Like I would love to do a double feature, like back to back movies. We, I could do. I we kind of did with the with this. I mean, yeah. I think we were. I don't remember how it officially went down, but I think we were always intending to do this. But when we coming up with our little little prank for the last one, it, it just kind of made sense to to lump them together. And at one point, we were maybe not even going to do this one, but I'm so glad everything played out like it did. Same. Roadhouse rules. Really, if we packed it all up here, I'd be like, "What? Well, this, this was the best thing. Maybe one of the best things that come from the podcast was just the, the discovery of this film. So Yeah, but, d- like definitely a nice surprise. It. Nice surprise That's, for yeah, sure. Just exactly. Just a, a nice, pleasant surprise to, um, I mean, I guess uh, Dark Passage was a bit like that for me. You know, I guess we've, we've well, I guess we gave you Sunset Boulevard. So yeah, we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're becoming Some discovery. a, a there's, there's discovery. Yeah, absolutely. We're the Discovery Channel over here. Yep. Next week, we got a good one coming. And I actually and I was listening to it when I was editing a past episode. I had said that I hadn't seen this movie, but I actually have. And, you and lied. So, well, it was much like the setup where it was like a boxing noir. This one was ah. the prostitute noir. But I'm excited for you. I think you said you hadn't seen this one. We're coming back to Samuel Fuller. It's 1964's The Naked Kiss. The shock and shame story of a night girl. Starring Constance Towers. The Naked Kiss. A motion picture not for the squeamish, but powerful entertainment for those who enjoy reality in the raw. When I came to this town, I was a prostitute. Next morning, I quit. Those bonbons aren't there just to serve drinks, you know. I know. Compliments, clothes, cash. You meet men you live on, and men who live on you. And those are the only men you'll meet. The Naked Kiss, when a woman bears what she really is. What were your relations with this woman? I was her uh, business manager. Marlon, when I ask you a question, I want the right answer! I washed my face clean the morning I woke up in your bedroom. You got morals in my room? I saw a broken down piece of machinery. Nothing but the buck, the bed, and the bottle for the rest of my life. I'm trying your side of the fence. Is there a law against it? Is there anything wrong with it?
I have not seen. I have yet to see that film. This is our latest film that we've done so far. I'm excited, but is it 64? Is it 64? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So we're one year shy of our, our cutoff. And good news, this is streaming on both HBO Max and Amazon Prime. So this one's for the family. We're all going to come in on this one. Great time, real fuck yeah, women kind of film. So you know, mm. it, it's going to be a real good time. At least for me. Uh, if Dan doesn't like it, he could he could fuck himself. Really, that's okay. Oh. All right, Dan. I apologize. I was going to say, that was, that was a little harsh. It was a little harsh. I don't know. What, what's the nice, fun way to say, yeah, what the fuck? Uh, As a non-cursor, what, what do you say? What's the PG version of that? What's my uh, edited for TV, Dan? I don't know. That's a good one. I'll have to come why up with you, one. Why don't you go take a hike, huh? Yeah, I think, that, I think, that, I think that's it. Why don't you go pound sand? Yeah, those, those are both uh, acceptable euphemism. All right. So do that. I mean, enjoy. I, I think it's surprising, like for, for myself, that I, I've I've never really seen. A, I don't think I've ever seen a Samuel Filler film. The only time I think I've ever seen him is he. Well, we a, did. Well, we oh, did. Well, well, we did. Pick up on South Street. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We did. Um, we that did. was my first one. And you like the direction, so you know. I think I, I I can't say if this one's less violent or not, but um, okay. it still has that grittiness, that realness. Yeah, you'll see. I think I I think you're gonna like this one. Right. I don't know if you're going to love it, but that's what we're going to find out. And, you know, I, I had uh, only recently saw it like a year or two ago. It had been one of those ones that you'd hear of, but it was just right. like, I'll get, I'll get to it. But I remember it was recommended to me by someone and I, I went for it and it was a good recommendation. So hopefully I'm passing that along to my friend Dan and, and to you, cool. the, the, the listener. So come back next week and see what the lads got to say about the naked kiss. I'm should ready. We put clothes on the lips or should we keep them loose? Find out <laughs> next week. We'll see you then, Dan. Here's the crime. Here's crime. Clink. We'll see you next week. See ya.